You can tell us what the parsha is. The parsha is Vayakel. And we're going to talk a little about uh, tshuva, even though it may not be timely, but it fits into the parsha. You know that there are two, um, there are like two big issues that have to do with the parsha Vayakel. One of them is, why do we need it exactly after Truma and Tetzaveh? Anybody is used to uh, doing Pamai Mikro with Rashi, right? Pamai Mikro Vecha Targum, that's what the halacha says, but we don't usually, it's supposed to be clarified. Since most people don't understand the Targum, the Targum was substituted by, um, uh, by Rashi. So this is a wonderful parsha because there's hardly any Rashi. Because all of the matters containing, connected to the building of the Mishkan have already been explained by Rashi. That Rashi here and there tells you, check what I wrote in Truma, check what I wrote in Kitzavah. So the first problem with Vayakel and Pekude, of course, is what do you need it for? What do you need Truman Tetzaveh? I mean, uh, I mean, Rashi, the first Rashi in Vayakel, the first Rashi Vayakel says that this parsha was said on Yom Kippurim when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai and started to teach B'nai Israel the Torah. So when exactly were Truma and Tetzaveh stated? When were they taught to B'nai Israel? There doesn't seem to be any particular time that would fit in. I mean, it could be that Truman Tetzaveh were actually taught to Moshe Rabbeinu on Har Sinai, but never taught to B'nai Israel, Because when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai the first time, he found this terrible situation in the Machaneh. And there was certainly no option to start teaching people Torah. Somehow the situation had to be clarified, changed. Uh, so it may be that Truman and Tetzaveh represent the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu learned, but which he never taught. And, and uh, the, when did he teach it? He taught it when he came down from Har Sinai on Yom Kippurim, right after the 120 days, 40 days in Har Sinai, then another 40 days in the Machanan, another 40 days on Har Sinai again. So again, let's let's say a possibility. I'm just you know I'm making it up, of course, but uh, but it's a possibility that Truman Tzavah are part of what Moshe Rabbeinu learned during the 40 days that he was on the mountain, which originally was intended to be the material that he taught B'nai Israel when he came down from the mountain. But when he came down from the mountain, he saw the Chet HaEgel. And there was no time then to start teaching the niceties of Torah. So then Moshe Rabbeinu, so Truman Tetzave existed but was never taught. And then Moshe Rabbeinu went up on Har Sinai again for another 40 days and came down on Yom Kippur. And then Rashi says, Rashi says, on Yom Kippur, on Yom Kippur, Moshe Rabbeinu started to teach about the Mishkan, to teach B'nai Yisrael about the Mishkan. And everybody knows that Vayakel is about the, the physical Mishkan, and Pekude is more about the Kalim and the Big Day Kuruna. So I don't know if we've answered anything by making this supposition. Probably not, because you still don't understand why it's in the Torah. Why is it written in the Torah? Again, Truman and Tetzava, I don't want to get mixed up here. Why, why the, if, if my contention is correct, that, uh, <coughs> that Truman and Tetzava were never taught to B'nai Israel, but they were only learned, by Moshe Rabbeinu, and then Moshe Rabbeinu taught by Yakel Pekude to B'nai Yisrael. So why are Truman and Tetzave in the Torah at all? Why are they written extensively in the Torah? I mean, I've said my own uh, uh, attempt at, at uh, explaining this doesn't really get us very far. Doesn't really get us very far because I can't understand why Truman and Tetzave is in the Torah. I mean, what, what's, what is its purpose? 
And even though when we learn, as Rashi, Rashi says, Rashi explains the Mishkan in Truman Tzava at length, and not in Vayakha so we tend to learn about things in Truman Tzava, but so what? I still don't understand why Truman Tzava exists. That's the first, the first question, the first issue that we come up to when we get to Vayakha. The second issue that I would like to bring to the fore is, well, what, 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 how does building the Mishkan relate to the Cheta Ega? I mean, in, in terms of what happened, what happened was there was the Cheta Egel, then Moshe Rabbeinu went up at Har Sinai another 40 days or 40 nights, they came down and the next day he said, let's build the Mishkan. Well, what happened to the Cheta Egel exactly? What happened? So let's start from that, that problem. You see the first source, the first source, a pasuk, the pasuk of the, uh, that comes after Moshe Rabbeinu discusses the future of Am Yisrael with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and uh, is, able, is able to achieve a kind of a, a pax, a peace between God and B'nai Yisrael. God will not destroy the entire nation. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe Rabbeinu v'atal lech, Right? Okay, make them rest, make them relax, direct them. That's the first part of the Pasuk. The second part of the Pasuk is My angel will lead you. My angel will lead you, you will lead them. What does that mean, my angel will lead you? That means that it won't be Hashem who is leading B'day Yisrael, but it's God's angel. It was like God's way of saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, you're alive, your nation, you're all alive, but you're not forgiven. Nothing is the same after the Chet Egel. The first thing is Malachi Yelech Lefanecha. And then the third part is, the days that I remember you, that I think about you, that I point at you, so Rashi explains, Rashi explains these uh, uh, things as follows. Yeshkan lach eitzel dibur b'mekom elecha. In other words, asher dibarti, asher asher in Hebrew. What does that mean? Dibarti lach. It should be dibarti elecha. Rashi says, elecha means I said to you. Dibarti lach. I spoke lach. It doesn't kind of exactly fit in. And he says, Yeshkan lach eitzel dibur b'mekom elecha. That's what Rashi says. That it's okay. Even though statistically it's rarer, it's okay. <coughs> and then he brings an example of another pasuk where the same thing is, uh, is also true. That's the first part. The second part, hinei malachi, Rashi says, you see the Rashi? Velo mm-hmm. ani. In other words, ani, if God would lead B'nai Yisrael, that was the original intention, that God would lead B'nai Yisrael into Eretz Canaan, but that's changed. After the Chet Egel, it'll be an angel. You have to be satisfied with an angel. Uviyom pakdiyu pakaditi, atashamati elecha, the way Rashi says it, it's so quite remarkable that God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, okay, I listen to you, Moshe, uh, yachad. I, I am not going to destroy them. You said I shouldn't destroy them, but I listen to you. But forever after, Kishe Evkod Alehem Avonotehem, 
forever after when I have to respond to their misdeeds and punish them, I will kind of give you, punish you a little bit for the Chaita Egel, whatever I punish you for something else, for something else. This is a posuk in the parish of Kitisa. The parish of Kitisa is the parish of the Chaita Egel. The Chaita Egel. So what does this say? It says it, there's nothing you can do. It sounds like <coughs> nothing you can do. There's no, you, there's no tshuva that applies to this situation. In, in other words, Bnei Yisrael were guilty. God said they are so guilty that they're going to be destroyed. Moshe Rabbeinu said. No, 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 don't do it, you know, we, we have other things that you have to consider. Kodesh Baruch said, okay, but that doesn't mean that I forgive them. There's no forgiveness. There's going to be an ongoing eternal punishment for the Cheta Egel. Now, in this regard, I want to mention a Rambam. The Rambam, of course, is based on a Gemara. The Gemara is in Sanhedrin, also in Yuma, I think, but in Sanhedrin. And this is what the Rambam says. You see, next to the last source on the page, Rambam Nechot Shuvah, Perek Zayin Alachad Dalet. Do you see that? So the Rambam says this. Al Adam Baal Shuvah. A person who is a Baal Shuvah, a Baal Shuvah, Baal Shuvah means who grabs onto this Midah of tshuva, <coughs> Baal tshuva. He, a person who is a Baal tshuva, shehu meruchak mi malat tzadikim, mipnei ha'avonot v'chataot she'asa. This guy can't say about himself or this woman, can't say about herself that he's a tzadik or that she's a tzadik. They're very far, both of them are very far away from tzadikim, uh, because of all the transgressions that he participated in. Ein hadavar kein. Ein hadavar kein. A person should not think of himself in that way. A person should not think of himself as being less than the tzadikim, right, who are always doing the right thing. However, what is correct is that he is ahuv, beloved, v'nechmad, pleasant, who, lifnei haborei, before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says he is beloved, he is special, lifnei haborei, in other words, the power of tshuva is so great that it changes him from being a sinner, I mean, a repentant sinner, repentant sinner. It changes him from being a repentant sinner into being a righteous person. It's as though, it's as though, ki'ilu lo olam, the Rambam says. That's what tshuva can do. Tshuva doesn't just get you through. Tshuva is not like uh, antibiotics, right? Tshuva is not like you did something wrong, so you might get punished. You do tshuva, you don't get punished. But the stain of what you did may remain. Who said? Nobody said it disappears. Why would you think that it disappears? The stain remains. The Rambam says no. That's the power of tshuva. The power of tshuva is that the, the result is that you are very similar to the tzaddikim. You're like the tzaddikim. Furthermore, the Rambam says, he gets a lot of reward. 
a lot of sachar. Sharei ta'am ta'am achet upirish bimenu v'kavash yitzro. There you have it. He says the greater person is the person who sinned and then kavash yitzro. He overcame his inclination to sin and that puts him on a higher level than the tzaddikim, than the ones who never sinned, who were always in the right place at the right time. This guy, this guy is Chairo Habei, he gets a lot of reward. And he is able to overcome his inclination. And to prove this point, the Rambam quotes the famous quote that's in the, the Yerushalmi, Amru Chachamim, Makom Shebalei Tshuva Omdim, Ein Tzadikim Geburim Yicholim Lamod Bo, and that means that the Balei Tshuva are like if there's a, like a level, like there are stairs, the Balei Tshuva at the top of the stairs, and the Tzadikim can't make it up to Ein Tzadikim Geburim Yicholim Lamod Bo. They can't get up to that. Chlomar, Malatan gidola me malat elu shelochat ume olam. They are there. They are higher yet than the ones who have never, than those who have never sinned. Tzadikim gemurim mipnei shem kovshim yitzram yoter mihet because they are more involved with overcoming their evil inclination than the tzadikim. The tzadikim. You know, they, they stay away from trouble. They don't get involved in anything. They have no, uh, they don't even know what you're talking about if you say something that is a little, uh, that has to do with politics or has to do with, uh, with uh, interpersonal relations of strange kinds. So they don't know. They don't know anything about it. They're not called because they don't allow the Yetzer to have a, really, a real place. But the people who sinned and are and repented, well, this is explained in you know various uh, Hasidic works, the Pritzadik in Takarat Hashavim, the Shemi Shmuel, and talks about Shuva at the end of uh, Sefer Dvarim. Uh, there are many, many Hasidic attempts to analyze this Rambam. This Rambam, and, and, and one, of the, one of the ways of looking at it is that, that to move from a very low place to a very high place includes movement. And that movement is what is missing with the tzaddikim. They don't have any movement. They're always in the same place. And movement implies, as the Rambam says, some degree of control over the Yetzirah that did you in, like you fought the battle and you won. Right? Whereas the Tzaddikim, as the way the Rabbah describes it, the Tzaddikim don't even fight the fight. So if I think about the Chet HaEgel, I think about the Chet then you know, it's, it's interesting. I think I pointed out last week, last week, maybe last week, that the Egel as a, a symbol remained part of the tradition of Am Yisrael. And we talked about, remember about Rechavam and Yerovam ben Nebat, who built uh, two Mikdashim, one in Beit El and one in, um, one in Beit El and one in Dan, right? And the, the Mikdash housed the statue of, a, of an eagle. An Egel Azahav, I mean, in spite of what happened to B'nai Yisrael, somehow he thought that that would be the best attraction, the best way to attract people to the competitive Beit HaMikdash. But I left out, and I wanted to mention, I wanted to mention that, you know, one of the Kalim, one of the Kalim in the Beit HaMikdash is the Kiyor. Do you remember the Kiyor? It's like a, uh, a terrine, a soup terrine with water in it. And then there were spigots on the side so that the Kohanim could wash their hands and feet whenever it was obligatory to wash their hands and feet before they did, before they did the Avodah. Shlomo HaMelech, that was in the, in the Mishkan. 
There was like a reasonable size soup tureen that was used for this purpose. But Shlomo HaMelech, when he built the, uh, the Beit HaMikdash, uh, built a very fancy uh, soup tureen. It was, it was so fancy that it was so big, it was so big that it was called a yam, yam, ocean. That's how big, big it was. Now this yam that he built, this yam that he built, it was like, a, a, imagine a very, very big soup tureen, like tremendous, a tremendous amount of water in it, you know, that's just so that you could be proud of the kalim that were built for the Beit HaMikdash. So this soup tureen needed a base. It had to rest because it was round, right? So you're not gonna just put it down on the ground, it'll fall over. And if it doesn't fall over, it will almost fall over. So what you do is you build a base, right? Now, how would you build a base? With the simple way of building a base is you take stones, you make a square, some kind of a square, whatever and you fill it in with dirt and, and a little bit of something that is like cement. And then you put the tureen in it and it stays there, right? What did Shlomo HaMelech do? He put these oxen, these 12, uh, uh, fig, the figures, 12 oxen around like back to back. They stood back bad, but the, the yam was placed upon them. So again, you have the model of an ego that somehow is, I don't know, impressed onto the, into the, the mental workings of Am Yisrael. Obviously, he, he must have done it because he thought it would be a good idea, even though he knew about the ego Azahab. He, Shlomo Amela, knew about everything, so he knew about the ego Azahab. Okay. So I just wanted to, I left that out and I wanted to, I wanted to mention it. I don't understand it. I don't have a, a, a rationale for why they use the Egel after the Cheta Egel. I think that that was, uh, uh, but it was not uh, uncommon, it was not common in shuls, in shuls in, in Eastern European, and Western European, they copied the shuls from Eastern Europe, but Eastern Europe, the shuls had a lot of figurines in them. I think I mentioned it. Because I grew up in a shul that was a copy of a shul from Eastern Europe. You know, they had the, a balcony for women and, and windows that were very tall and were, um, uh, what do they call that? Colored, you know, colored glass. Stained glass. What? Stained glass. Yeah, stained glass windows with designs and the bottom we had who donated it, right? All the all all those and and on top of the Aaron Kodesh, it is true like Davidin when I was a kid, top of the Aaron Kodesh there was a globe. Right? Top of the Aaron Kodesh there was a globe. What should we do? You have to go down. Let's get it open. No. No. So, so I, there was this globe. You know, globe like like a globe. It didn't. You couldn't see countries or anything. But there was this round thing that's also called the globe, right? At top of the globe, there was an eagle that had a claw stuck into the one claw into the globe, and another claw hanging up in the air. And the eagle had its wings spread in a very kind of uh, exciting manner. And I didn't even notice it because I went to the shul and I was a little, well, I was a, a kid. Well, so it was always there. You know, you don't notice things that are always, that are always there. And then elsewhere in the hall, there were these kinds of designs. I guess there was a time when it didn't cost that much to add that to, uh, to, the, shul, to the shul design. So, that, so these things, animals hanging around, you know, showing something about creation. You have to go to the great synagogue. If you go to the here, the great synagogue, they have those kind of windows. 
right? Also with with uh, designs. Uh, that, that, that's a little subdued because you know I guess somebody figured out that they shouldn't have too many animals, but they have other things. They have things representing the twelve tribes. That was the way shuls were built <coughs> with twelve windows. Right, this sure the great synagogue, I think, has some windows in the front and some on the sides. I don't know exactly, I, I don't remember how it goes exactly, but you could go there, take a look. So that's what I wanted to, I wanted to mention. Now let's get back to the Rashi on uh, Engel and Zahab. Rashi says, uh, you could never cure, you could never cure the, uh, the problem. It's, uh, it's fixed. That's what the Kaddish Baruch said in that, in that Pasuk. Let's look at another few psukim. Okay, go back to the top. So, Hebrew, the Pasuk says, Okay, I understand that. Chuma is a contribution. And Lashem means it's going to be for serving God, for worshiping God. I mean, it doesn't mean that God needs the the contribution, okay, it's it's l'shem Hashem. That's what Rashi Rashi always says. But then the the person who gives the the uh, the donation is called nidiv leiv. Nidiv leiv. Now, what's nidiv leiv? Why give him that name of nidiv leiv? So Rashi says nidiv leiv or nidiv libo. Al shem shelibo nedavo karui nediv leiv. Al shem shelibo nedavo. Since it all comes from his heart, it comes from his heart. Like what? What does the heart? What does the heart do? The heart creates kavana, right? Creates intention. Nediv libo kvar. He's just Rashi saying, if you want to know more about the Mishkan, you have to look at Truma and Tetzave, not at, because I already explained all those things. But here he takes the trouble to explain the div leiv. What does that mean? Is that, I mean, when a person gives staka, is that libo nidavo? Or is it something else? Nidavo. Libo, his heart. Nidavo. Got him to contribute. Right? His heart, the contribution comes from his heart. Libo, nidavo. etc. That's one pasuk. Then, again, another pasuk in Vayakel. Vayavo anashim al hanashim. Vayavo anashim al hanashim. That means something. Men more than women. The men more than women. Men more than women, what? Call the div leiv, heviyu, right? All the people who were in this category of nadiv leiv, they brought all the various gold and silver, all the ornaments, ornaments, right? They brought it all for HaKadosh Baruch Rashi. They explain to Anashim, Al Anashim, Im Anashim. Al, the word Al, those little words, you know, prepositions, they're tricky, very hard to try to pin them down. So Rashi says, Al Anashim means Im Anashim. Usmuchim Alehem. They came together. They did it, they did it all together. Okay, another Pasuk. The third Pasuk, the third Pasukim, the third Pasukim, are the third, uh, the third uh, group of psukim here. Vayikhu milifnei Moshe et kol ha-truma she'eviyu b'nei Yisrael l'melechet avodat ha-kodesh la'asot ota. This is like a tough pasuk. Vayikhu, vayikhu, they took milifnei Moshe. Moshe was standing there and watching them, right? Vayikhu. Et kol atruma sheviu b'nei Yisrael et kol atruma sheviu b'nei Yisrael. All of the truma that b'nei Yisrael built, and then it says lemelechet avodat hakodesh la'asot otah. 
limlechet, for the, the work that they were going to do of Avodat HaKodesh, the sacred uh, job they had, la'asot ota, la'asot, to do it. And they brought more uh, contributions, baboker, baboker, morning after morning after morning. That's what the Pasuk says. And all the Chachamim who were doing this work, each person came and did what he knew how to do. The next Pasuk says, And they came and they told Moshe and all these artisans, the people who were building things and making things for the Mishkan. They said, They're bringing too much stuff. Tell them to stop. We can't use all of this jewelry. <coughs> They're bringing in all the silver and the gold and the, and the, and the fine linens, etc. Tell them to stop. We have more than enough to accomplish what HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us to accomplish. Pasuk Vav, Vayitzag Moshe, Vayaviru Koba Machanele Mor, and so Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu, like, announced, right, Vayaviru Koba Machanele Mor, they sent out this message into the entire camp, and they said, Ish v'yishahadi asu od melacha l'trumat ha-kodesh, so the message was, Stop donating. We have more than enough money to build the building. If you look at the Rashi, you see the middle of the first line? They stopped. Moshe Rabbeinu said, stop. And they stopped. So you see, there's something in the story that doesn't exist in Truma and Tzabah. Vayakel is not only the command to build the Mishkan, but it also describes what happened while they were building the Mishkan. And one of the things that happened while they were building the Mishkan was that they had simply collected too much gold and silver, etc. And therefore, they, Moshe Rabbeinu, it was like a side story, Moshe Rabbeinu received direction from the artisans that they had more than they needed, and so Moshe Rabbeinu stopped and he said, don't give any more money, we have enough money. And the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, They stopped bringing stuff. They stopped. The last Pasuk in this group of Sukim, the group of Sivu Amalachaita Dayam, what they did, what they had to do, what they had to make. There was enough, they had enough stuff collected to do whatever it is they had to do. Voter in Hebrew means, is the word yoter. There's more than enough. They had enough and they had more than enough. So they, even though Moshe Rabbeinu told them to stop bringing donations, they ended up with an excess of donations. That's the hotel. So if you look at that Rashi, Rashi says, You see, the, we saw the Vayikale, Midei Avodah, you see Pasukei, Yoteh Mikdei Tzorech Avodah. They had more stuff than they needed for whatever it was they were going to make. Vamlacha ita dayam lechol amlacha, lechet ha-havaah, ita dayam shel osea mishkan. They brought enough for the people who were making the mishkan, lechol amlacha shel mishkan, lasot otah velehotir. Right? They had more than enough. They had enough to do what they had to do and to have extra, to leave, uh, 
to have extra left left over the last Rashi Vehotar Kimov Libo. Okay, so this is again a grammatical point. So here you have a story in the story. It's not only about what they have to make, they have to make the Mishkan, but something interesting happened along the way. And that interesting thing was that they were more than enough. They collected more than enough, so much so that they begged Moshe Rabbeinu to stop them from bringing any more. And Moshe Rabbeinu sent out the word, and he said, stop, just like he said, bring, donate, right? He also said, stop something that never happens in our time. But that's what happened, right? Dvarim, you see the last extra pasuk. The last words in that pasuk are di zahav. What is di? Basically, zahav, of course, is gold. What does Rashi say about di zahav? This is the book of Dvarim. Moshe Rabbeinu is about, is about to talk to them about the about the, the various indiscretions that they had during the time they were in the Midbar. And he's going to talk to them about the Egel. Why did they make the Egel? Rovzahab, why, why did they make the Egel? Because they had a lot of gold, Rashi says. They're like extra gold. They didn't have extra gold. They wouldn't have made the Egel, I guess. It's the same idea that they had all this gold, so they gave it to the Baal. The Baal was a, an idolatrous, the name of an idolater. So you see, you see, before we get to the Svatemet who kind of tries to fix all of this up for us, we have this problem with the Cheta Ega, which remained part of the uh, subconscious of Am Yisrael, at least until the end of the Northern Kingdom under Yerayus, which was begun by Yeravam ben Nevat. Then we've discovered that there's a difference between Truma and Titzava and by Yakel and Pekude. That Truma and Titzava is what you're supposed to do. Make this, do this, set up that. This is how it works. It's a, it's a plan. It's a plan for making the Mishkan. By Yakel Pekude, you have the same thing, the same plan in Vayakel Pekude. But you also have, you also have something, some, some information about how it actually was when they built the Mishkan. And the thing that we looked at was the fact that there was, that the donations were, um, the, the dona there were too many donations. There were too much, there was too much money collected. And since there was all this money collected, they had to uh, stop it somehow. They couldn't, they couldn't keep up these donations. So here we are. We're up to the Svatemet. You see this Vatamet? B'Shem Mori Uskeni Zal. Mori Uskeni is the Chidushi Arim. Right? Remember, the first Gera Rebbe was the Chidushi Arim. Reish Yud Mem. Reish Yud Mem, Yitzchak Meir. Yitzchak Meir. His name was Rottenberg. But they changed it because. <laughs> It was like, good, they sent him, they wanted to send him to jail, so he changed his name, and they couldn't find him. That's good. So the Chedusha Rim, his son died at a young age, and he brought up his grandson in his house. He became the, the in loco parentis of his grandson, who, was the, who became the Sfatemet. Right? So the first Gera Rebbe was the Chedush Rim, and the said, that's why uh, the second Gera Rebbe was the grandson of the Chedush Rim, we call, we're after his book, the Svatamet. We call him the Svatamet. And that's why he quotes B'Shem Moriyus Keni. Moriyus Keni is his grandfather. He says, 
זר בפסוק, האנשים על הנשים. Remember that פסוק, האנשים על הנשים? It's, a, it's the third uh, thing on the page, the third quote. Right? Shmot perik lamed hei pasuk kabet. It says, v'yevo anashim al anashim. What did Rashi say that meant? Al anashim? Im anashim. Right? That they were kind of leaned on them. They, they came together with them. He says, anashim al anashim, lirmoz ma'alat ba'alei tshuva. Lirmoz ma'alat ba'alei tshuva. What is he referring to? He's referring to the Rambam, right? He's referring to the Rambam. We can safely say that the Svata met through the Rambam in Hilchot Tshuva. Moz ma'alat ba'alei tshuva, sh'anashim shechatu, nit'alu ala nashim shelo chatu. He says, that's what it means. The words in the Pasuk, Yevo anashim al hanashim, that the men, were more exalted than the women. Why were the men more exalted than the women? Because they built the Egel Azahab. They, the men, built the Egel Azahab and not the women. And therefore, therefore they must have done tshuva. I mean, they're still alive. They're still alive, they must have done tshuva. This is ma'alat ba'alei tshuva sh'anashim sh'chatu nitalu ala nashim sh'lochatu. The women did not sin to the Chet HaEgel. Ki hi tu kol haretzonot letnadev beleib shalem. How do I know that they did tshuva? The Sfat HaMet says, quoting his grandfather. How do I know that they must have done tshuva? Look at, look at the words. He says, ki, on the second line, he tu kol haretzonot, they uh, overwhelmed all of the desires that they may have had, and that's why the Pasuk emphasizes it again, again and again, that they were nidiveleiv, that, the, that their contribution came from the heart. From the heart meaning that they didn't do it in order to get uh, to be honored in some way, to get covered, etc. Even further in the Pasuk, it says, it says, they may be you, right? That they brought even more than was necessary. They came again. The word od means more than, than was normal, more than what was reasonable. That's that's how I know that they did that they did tshuva. Baboker, 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 baboker. They came again and again. Uvechet tivrak, but they built the egel azahav. Katuvrak vayeshkimu that they got up in the morning. But doesn't say baboker, baboker. Day after day after day, they came and they gave. They were the dive leiv. They came every day with the new contribution, right? Vekan ketiv baboker baboker. Here in giving money to the Beit Hamikdash, it says baboker baboker. Vekata vekata. I'm sorry. Amlacha ayta dayam. That's uh, in the second source in pasuk zayin. Amlacha ayta dayam. Perusho, what does that mean? Al amitnadim shenitkinu kulam bekoach nidava umlachazo. Amlacha of giving, the mlacha of giving was enough 
to make them into these Balei Tshuva. That's what the Sfat Emet says. Kimo halashon shekatav v'achet v'didi zahav. Enough, enough zahav. There was enough zahav to accomplish whatever had to be accomplished. Vata netkan hakol. And now everything is fixed. Everything is fixed. That the cheta egel was fixed by the way in which they contributed to the mishkan. They were nedive leiv, directed by the heart. Umemele v'hoter. And obviously, it'll turn out to be excessive. He kshenit kinu because after they fixed, they fixed things after the cheta egel. And they had this merit that that the shechina was in them in, in the the working of their hands, the shechina because that's how you could build. Otherwise, they couldn't build the mishkan. They became worthy of the mishkan of building it, of being in it. So Memele, obviously, they're on a higher level. They get to this very high level. Remember the Rambam? So they must have been. They must have been on Ma'ala. They must have been able to stand in that way, in the way of the Gemara, that Sadiqim Gemurim Yecholim La'amod. Since it was enough, it became more. There was, there was more that was necessary because of the way they were when they contributed. And then he finalizes, he finalizes by saying, You see the Pesach says, Pasuk says, Pasuk Zayin, Perek Lamed, Vav Pasuk Zayin, Hamlacha Haita Dayam, Lekol Hamlacha Laasot Ota. Right? There's, there's like a, a further interpretation. Lekol Hamlacha, all of the all the work that they that they did, all the work they did, Laasot Ota. What do you need the word Laasot Ota for? Kol Hamlacha. Of course, you lost out of that. So, so the the Svatimet says, "We itachen l'fareish lekol amlacha who klal habria shenasap gam al yedeachei." So it's a reference to the entire world, which became uh, unacceptable because of the Chayta Egel, like the world was no longer the world that God wanted. God, sort of, God said in history, said, okay, okay, we'll, we'll put up with uh, the Chayta of Adam and Chava. Okay, we'll put up the Chayta of the door of Noah. But eventually, there has to be an Am Yisrael who could accept the Torah at face value. And that was ended, or that was destroyed by the Chet HaEgel, where the Jews, the Am Yisrael, who received the Torah, proved that they were not worthy. So if they were not worthy, there's no world. The world is not worthy. So he said, pigam al yidei olam. His last point, because they gave as they gave, and they were nidive leiv, nitkan la'asot, nitkan la'asot. La'asot is a word that's used in Breshit. Asher barah lokim, la'asot. That the asiyah has to be perfect. So again he says la'asot, ulishon tikun. That not only did they do what had to be done, but they did more than what had to be done. So you see that this, you see, I mean, if you think about it, you'll see that the Svatimet, Svatimet cannot accept 
Rashi's understanding of that pasuk, which said that the promise that God made to B'nai Yisrael would be that they'd always be punished no matter what would happen. But it could be, if you're looking for uh, like a, some way of resolving all of these things together, I told you that that pasuk, that pasuk is in Perik Lamed Bet. Perik Lamed Bet is in, is in Kitisa. It's the summary of the Chet Egel. And HaKadosh Baruch says the Chet Egel leaves you, says, even though Moshe Rabbeinu announced to B'nai Yisrael, okay, we're moving on, everything's fine. A thousand people, we got rid of a thousand people, the Chet Egel, everybody else will try to sneak through. So HaKadosh so, uh, 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 Baruch says, no, you're not in the clear. You B'nai Yisrael, not in the Yom Pakadati. However, at least according to the Svat Emet, according to the Svat Emet, the building of the Mishkan could only be accomplished if they achieved the status of Baalei Tshuva. Right? They had to achieve the status of Baalei Tshuva. So it could be that that Pasuk, the first Pasuk that we learned in the Rashi, has to be understood by Kodesh Baruch said, look, if you stay the way you are, then beyond Pakdiu Pakadati. I will punish you always for, for the Chaita Ega. But if you do tshuva and are able to really build the Mishkan, then you'll be in the clear. Then you'll really be in the clear because Balei Tshuva can stand even in a place that Sadiq and Giburim can't stand because they have traveled the distance from you know wherever the lowest point imaginable is to the highest point that is, uh, that is imaginable. So I don't know if we've uh, sort of dealt with, we've taken care of the problem, but we've dealt with it. And it seems to me, it seems to me that uh, at least the Swatamet suggests that the building of the Mishkan itself, not just following the orders, but being involved, the Dive Leiv, the Hotel, Baboker, Baboker, all of those are indications about how B'nai Yisrael were involved in the building of the Mishkan. And that involvement gives them the status of Balei Tshuva. It's like they rejected whatever happened before that they had done, and they accepted upon themselves the burden, the burden of, the, of the Mishkan. And having accepted, having accepted that burden, they are now we're able to say, at least about them, about B'nai Yisrael, that they are the Rakov Shabbat Tshuva Ondim, even Sadiqim Gemurim can't imagine the place, and that would produce Kapara atonement, even for the Chayt, the Chayt Ha'egel. Good Shabbos.